Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It's Deborah and Jackie in the studio, and we're still on our spiritual journey, Deb. Yes, we are. And we're going to talk today about the home. This has now become a place of confinement, Deb. Yes. <laughs> I mean, what can you say? We are all told to stay at home. They don't want to see us on the streets. No. They don't want to see us in stores for no. non-essential purchases, you know? So what does this leave us? This leaves us in a situation where, you know, uh, the, the man, the woman, uh, whoever your partner is, uh, kids in a relationship, we're all stuck together in a way that we have never been before. Stuck together, that's what we are. And what that really means is, you know, our days are now shaped by having to accommodate schooling in the home. Mm -hmm. We have to have our offices at home. Mm -hmm. You know, we have a limited amount of space, which means we run into one another all the time. You know, we may have, say, a TV or a great Bose music system that we can listen to, mm -hmm. but for the most part, we have a home where people are coming and going and making demands on each other like never before. Especially if the home is a dysfunctional one, the days just seems longer. It does. <laughs> and it, it really seems like people are getting on each other's back. Yes. You know? And when they do, there's tension. Mm -hmm. And so what we want to say is basically, how should a home be from a spiritual context? And, you know, you have some great quotes here, Deb, and I would like to draw attention to the couple of them. Mm -hmm. Number one is uh, Ephesians 6, 1, 4. It says, children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment, which promises that all will go well with you and that you will enjoy a long life on the earth. I so, mean, come on. So How hard it is for you to obey the person that brought you into this world and well, the person who can literally take you out. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> it's pretty damn hard. You know, you have incredibly disobedient children out there. Yeah. Kids that are so mouthy mm -hmm. and defiant. You know what I mean? That it is really hard for parental controls to have any impact on them. And you know, they have a best friend, which is the 911 call. Exactly. And the system that backs them up and put us in jail because we are too discipline. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Yep. It's true. And this is what the problem is, Jackie. The system are raising our children and we have little or nothing to say. And we, we're the children in the house. It's, it's really a good point because I mean, from a spiritual standpoint, God has been taken out of all the schools. He's yes. been taken out of most things. So a lot of kids, if they don't get a religious foundation in the home, they're very unlikely to get it out there. Exactly. Because other children will make fun of them or try to demote them mm -hmm. and say this stuff is nonsense. So they have absolutely no foundation upon which to build on if it doesn't start in the home. It has to so start in the home. You've got to, children have got to learn to respect their parents and that means parents set the boundaries to get the respect exactly don't act you know like immature people who want to spend all day on a phone who don't want to keep a tidy house you know who don't want to keep things organized they just want to be you know in a way irresponsible mm -hmm. and immature and that does not create a home that builds on discipline. And just to piggyback on the fact yeah. that you said that now that the kids are homeschooling, like the virtual learning yes. and the parents have to be there. And since the school system has removed religion out of its, <laughs> out of its environment, this is a great time for parents to reintroduce religion back into the home. It is. This is a great time for you to start teaching your children how to read the Bible. If they, if they don't want to read it, you read it to them. Get a start on it. It's never too late. It's, true. it's never too late, but I just feel like religion need to be 
put back into the system. They need to go back. Look, there are some kids that is born and they've never, ever heard their parents pray. They've never seen their parents go to church. They've never seen their parents read a Bible. Come on. Excellent. Yeah, really Come good, on. Deb. Because I was just going to give the quote from Philemon 4-7, which says, Always learn to talk about thankfulness to God. Yes. Have prayers, you know, be active in sharing your faith and understand that the good things that you have in your life, which starts in your home, which is a refuge for you, it comes from a higher power and you should be instilling this in your children. You should be saying, if you have difficulties, you know, or if you're concerned about something, learn to pray about it. Mm -hmm. Talk to God, you know, build that relationship and say, God, you know, uh, protect my mommy, protect my dad, protect this house. Yes. You you need to do this. And and this is missing from the equation these days. I think it really is. And that's what the Bible says. you know, we all have to become little children. We all have to become like little children to come to him again. And when you start teaching your children value, I mean, religious value, you will see how much of a great impact that have on their social life on their on on their education like it even on on just you know their physical life just the physical i totally agree the physicalness yep. of it yeah because you know you're I mean? teaching children like when you say deb you know which you always draw attention to is how much bullying is out there yes if you start with religion as a foundation in your home and these kids know how much god loves them and how much value they have what do they care about some idiot yeah. that comes on the internet and cuts up their weight or says you're not as attractive as this person or something you don't need to let that make you crawl into no. a hole or God forbid, do something to hurt yourself because of the crap that people will spew you on are you wonderfully if you don't made. know who you are. Yeah, you yes. are wonderfully made and created and he created you for a purpose. So no matter what anybody say about you, he got you. God and that's chose why you, need, you. Yes, you he need to read you your Bible. from your mother's womb. He knitted you together with his own hands. Yes. Do you know how special that makes you? That's incredible. And you're not abnormal. You are normal. In fact, you're more normal than the ones who are telling you you're not normal. Absolutely. So when we say responsibility is in the home, here's another great quote from Joshua 24, 15. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yes, ma'am. That's a very good one. Yes, so ma'am. So values begin in the home teach your children the word and they will never depart from it Amen. as they grow older it will become important in their lives in a way that they could never comprehend when they're young but you get it into their head you get it into their psyche uh, and isn't that what we talk about the mind body exactly. connection there it is exactly and my grandmother used to say you have to bend the tree when it's young because when it's old you can't do anything with it absolutely you know what i mean yep. and like i said jackie the home is the battlefield. It's the battleground. It's where everything starts. Your first word is spoken in the home. Yep. Your first bullying happened in the home, either from your mother or your brother or whoever. Yep. You know, your first um, thought of things that you hear. Yep. Profanity sexual, you know, immorality. Yeah. It all starts in the home. So really, you parents have the power and 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 the ability and the responsibility to create an environment that adds value to their children's life, not only in the home, but when they get out there. Absolutely. And, and here's the next component that is a big one right now, and that is spousal relationships. Yes. Okay. Right now we're hearing everywhere about the abuse that's taking place, the rise in domestic violence. Now, I mean, like never before... Uh, you could have been in a relationship for a number of years, maybe just a common law relationship, and you were doing fine, but all of a sudden now you're thrust 
into spending eight or 10 hours a day and somebody pushes the other person's buttons and there's abuse. Now, if there's children involved, my goodness, there's absolutely, we know the evidence, we've been hearing about it ad nauseum, that children, when they see abuse, they become abusers in mm -hmm. most cases. And this does not stop people, but to a certain extent. I mean, do you know how much responsibility you have as a parent? Suppose the person that you're married to could be abusing your children. Are you paying attention to that? Are you paying attention to that? Are you paying that? attention to that? Do you see what your spouse does if he's not in bed with you? Where the hell is he in yeah. the house? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, these are real things that you should be paying attention to. And sadly, there are men and women out there who know abuse is going on and they let it slide. I mean, how yes. can you do that? How yes. can you do that? Yes. You know, I, I look at, you know, uh, I say to myself all the time, what makes me acknowledge a wonderful father that I've always had is I could stand butt naked in front of my father at any time in my life. And he would say, would you please get dressed? <laughs> you know, and there are some little girls that can't go to sleep at night without fearing that their mother's boyfriend or God forbid their no own father, father would sexually abuse oh. them. You know, this oh. is disgusting, but it is going on. It is going on. And then you have the other element. If a child sees the father, especially a male child, sees the father slap or push or punch or kick the mother, that young boy, if he doesn't get the right help, is going to think that that's how you treat women. Yes, absolutely. And then we have also, you know, the abusers one... But how about uh, sharing responsibilities in the home? Because now the mother is usually almost like the head of the home. Even exactly. though the father is and like the provider. And sometimes exhausted to exhausted. death. Exhausted. Because she is doing everything and everything. the man is doing nothing. I mean, and, you know, especially if it's maybe a, an older relationship or a more traditional one, you're also finding now that a lot of older people are killing one another. Yeah. It's not just young <laughs> couples, you know. It's that 60-year-old woman that says, I've had it with this SOB, yeah. you know, who's done nothing. And and she'll grab the kitchen knife yes. and go after him, you know? you know? So I agree with you. It's about defining responsibility. Like if you're stuck at home, appreciate the fact of what a woman has to do in a home. Most women have to really, you know, work and then they have to handle so many domestic responsibilities. Men have to share that. Yes. It has to be a balanced exchange. As well as the kids. Give yes. the kids their own chores to do. And then this is the thing. Idleness creates lawlessness. Because when they're idle and they have nothing to do but the computer, you know, the rooms are messy. Oh, mommy's going to clean it. Exactly. Or the laundry to be done. Yep. Or mommy's going to do it. Or food to be cooked. Or mommy's going to do it. I don't hear daddy. Yep. Or some women are just lazy as hell. Yeah. They will just let the man work, work, work. He has to take care of the kids. He has to take the trash out. He has to clean the house. He has to do the laundry. Oh, yes. He has to cook. And then she lies on the bed and said, I'm waiting for you. <laughs> you, you got know? it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get real. Yeah. Let's get real. <laughs> no, it's true. I mean, it's so true. the responsibility really need to be shared among couples. If you're a couple, I mean, if you're a single parent, Listen, there is no getting away from it. You have to do it all. And I applaud women who are single, who are holding it down and still have a healthy home. Yes, I do too. But I also have the one problem with that sometimes. And that is, you know, a lot of single women, they get lonely. And when they get lonely, they can bring men into the family structure that can be problematic. So when you're a single woman, you you do have a lot of burdens, but make sure that the outlets that you choose are safe for your children. So that's another very important priority. Well, some of you them. You know what I mean? You, you cannot just 
be frivolous and, you know, meet some guy, whether it could be at a bar or at a party casually, and then all of a sudden you're bringing him over to your house, you're exposing him to your children, your lifestyle. You got to use a brain too. So when you are a single woman, you have even more responsibility to make sure that you protect your children and you use that home as a place of safety. That's right. Always. I mean, I've yeah. been a single woman for quite a while and my son have yet to meet anybody because unless I know this man is for real. Yes. And I know all that I need to know about him. I mean, I don't, I, I can't say that I will know everything about him, but once I see he's trying to establish something serious and, and, and something great between us, then and only then I would say, well, maybe it's time for us to introduce my son. But my son has never, look, I can't do that yep. because men out here are trying, listen, relationship status has change over the years so fast there's so many different dice um definitions for relationship you they start off with i'm in a relationship to i am single but not available right yep. i i, <laughs> I <laughs> no wait it's true. I, I am it's alone true. but i'm not lonely, lonely. right um we're yep. together but we're separated yep. mm -hmm. um let's see oh we're friends but we're friends with benefits right um we're exclusive but we're seeing other, other people. people, right? We're mm -hmm. married, but we're staying together for the kids. Like there's so many different things, you know what it's I mean? True. In it's relation true. You don't know what is like, whatever you want to make it, you make it, but whatever you're going to be making, just know that you're not the only person involved. Your children are your priority. And those are the one that matters, not what your status of relationship want to be, but your kids and how they're going to look up to you as a parent. Well said, Deb. Well said. And biblically, the, the Bible talks about spousal relationships. It says, you know, make a choice with your spouse to prefer to uh, pursue unity before God. Live selflessly to be effective. Okay. A good marriage doesn't happen just because you're wildly in love. You need to invite God into the process. Mm -hmm. And when you invite Jesus into your marriage, it becomes made up of three strands. So you've got the two of you and you've got that third binding tie that holds everything together. Because basically, when you're in a relationship, it's two imperfect people yes. trying to conform to God's will and purpose. So, I mean, all the things that we say about how complex a relationship is, when you have a little bit of the spirituality in it, I think it makes the relationship go so much smoother. And yes. I think if you are a person who believes fervently in God and you read your Bible and you do prayer, I think it, it, it brings you down to be involved with someone who isn't somewhat religious in their thinking. I don't think you should surround yourself with a person who is really anti-spirituality. Well, what is your the, opinion there, Deb? Yeah, because you know the Bible said you cannot yeah. be on an uneven yoke, and that is so true. Yeah, because if you're with someone who has no sort of spirituality in their life, that's just going to deter you from who you are. Yeah, and really and truly, if you believe in yourself and you believe in God, you don't need somebody else in the middle or in the equation to change that for you. Yep. No, because nobody can do for you what he can't do for you. And if he can't do it, it's because it, he doesn't, he doesn't exist. I always say that God is able to do everything for you. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. So you don't need to go in a relationship that you know, not going to add value to your life. <laughs> That, and that is, that's so huge, you know, that, that we could pursue that from so many directions. Because basically these days, so many people think that their value is tied up in a relationship. They think that if they're not in one, they are less than something. No. And that is so off the mark. You and know? it's funny you said it because I've learned that recently, about a year ago now, um, I, I've learned that a relationship is not an essential 
<laughs> it, it really isn't. It isn't. Here it is, Deb. I'll lay it out on the line here. There's nothing better than a great marriage, but there's nothing worse than a bad one. Yeah. So if you're in a bad, and, and you can use the, the word relationship, substitute marriage for relationship. Yeah. So if you are not in a good relationship, and some women really have to stop and think, and, and this is honest. I mean, if you're just in a relationship with someone that you know has really bad qualities, who may even be using you financially, taking advantage of you in a number of ways, but he's great in bed and you trade the sex yes. just for all of these other negative aspects, that's really bad. That's a load of, of garbage, to say the least, you know, that you should be putting up with lowering yourself in so many ways just because you hit a peak in one out of those five areas. You know what I mean? Well, everybody have their weaknesses, but, you yeah. know, Paul said it the best. Paul said it best. He said, you know, it is better for you to be single than for you to actually, um, than for you to fall into fornication. And also he says, marriage is like tying a rope around your neck <laughs> if you're not with the right person. It is. And it's true. Plus marriage is an institution. And there are a lot of people who wants to be committed. <laughs> well, or, or as I like to say, uh, you know, Mae West said marriage is an institution and I don't belong in an yeah. institution. <laughs> but no, on a serious note, guys, um, the home is really the heart. You know, the home should be the heart and, and you have to be that, that heart for the home and what you do determines everything because the one thing that God gives us is free will to choose. So you have the ability to choose good and you have the ability to choose bad and whatever choices you make, it will be a reflection on yourself. It definitely will. Yeah. The, the family structure is very, very important. And let's realize now that, that during this pandemic, which sadly only seems to be accelerating in certain ways, we have no closure as to when this is going to end. And the changes that it has made in our lives really do center on the fact that the family has now become this haven where we have to do just about everything. We have to rely desperately on technology. We have to redefine our relationships. We have to look for equity, balance, decency, understanding, compromise, all these kind of things have to come in the context of the family. And this puts a lot of pressure on all of us. It puts a lot of burdens on us. And then we can also add seniors to the equation because in some cases, people live in multi-generational homes where they have young, young kids and they also have older, older people at the same time. And this is difficult. There's so much to navigate that our burdens are enormous. So we have to realize at this point that spirituality is really, really important. And I'm going to let you probably maybe bring this to a conclusion, Deb, with I know another quote that you love, which is 1 Samuel 3.13. And what this is saying is that all of the sins, you know, of, of the family can be judged if you don't make the right choices. That's and, right. And there's a, there's a story there that you like. So you want to conclude that off here? Well, not so much of a story, but it's just basically saying, you know, children need to learn that their parents' words and actions go together. Both love and discipline must be spoken as well as acted out. You know, parents need to discipline their children responsibly. Yes. That's pretty much. And and basically, this is about someone in the Old Testament, yes. as you say, who was a prominent person, but his great failure was that he was a, a lousy parent. Right. He didn't know how to navigate parenting. And and you realize that that, that is such a key part of a home environment yes. and running a successful home is knowing how to be a good parent. Mm -hmm. If you, you are 
the Bible talks about sowing seed and that's how uh, parables are written about and all the stories that are told in the Bible and seed is what grows into something good. So you've got to water that seed. You've got to nurture it. You've got to put it in good ground and you've got to constantly, you know, uh, pay attention to its growth and, and meet its needs. And that's what you do when you grow, when you teach a child spirituality and you show them how to pray, how to understand the importance of the contents of the Bible and that they should try to show up in church and make that a regular habit. And they should learn to get on their knees and pray at night and thank God for the home they're in and the food they eat and the people who love and care about them. This is what a home should be. Amen. Amen. Well, we have packed it all in together with a nice, lovely home gesture. And I hope it reaches and touches somebody you know, I don't know who needs to hear this, but somebody needs to hear it. And I pray that it bring blessings to you and maybe some requests of action. Absolutely. Maybe my some name necessary is, changes. Yep. Yeah, my name is Deborah. And my name is Jackie.